Thank you, family, for coming on today's reading. We'll be reading August the 3rd from Gloria Copeland. Let it flow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we ask you to open the windows of heaven and pour down into us revelation, knowledge, words to live by, your glory, your honor, and we give you all the credit and the praise. You have made us, instruct us in how to run our lives, Lord God according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Thank you for being a good daddy to us and disciplining us, instructing us, and giving us reproofs as the way of life. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And now for today's teaching. Our scripture is John four fourteen. Whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I should give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. John 4.14 Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, powerful forces the Bible calls the fruit of the Spirit. Live the character traits of God himself and when the Holy Spirit came to dwell in you, he brought them with him so they could become your character traits too. They're designed to bubble up inside you, to gush forth like a powerful stream, constantly protecting and cleansing you from the inside out. Have you ever noticed that you can't put any trash in the mouth of a flowing fountain when it's shooting the water up the force of its own outflow protects it and keeps it clear of any impurity from the outside. Well, the spiritual fountain within you works the same way. When you're allowing the forces of love and joy and peace and gentleness and all the others to flow out, the devil can't get any of his junk in. How do you keep the spirit flowing, you ask? You pump your heart so full of the Word of God that the forces of eternal life start bubbling out just a little at first and then stronger and higher. Choose to keep these forces streaming out of the fountain of your heart. Refuse to let selfishness and sin stop the flow. You have a fountain filled with unbeatable life forces inside you and it's ready to come forth. Let it flow. And now, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 17, verses 7 through 13, please. But uh, blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a river bank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Like a partridge that hatches eggs she had not laid, so are those who get their wealth by unjust means. At midlife, they lose their riches. In the end, they will become poor old fools. But we worship at your throne, eternal, high, and glorious, O Lord, the hope of Israel. All who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth. 
for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of living water. O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. That was verse 14. Now let me go ahead and read it on the uh, New Living King James. <laughs> the New King James, please. New King James 7 through 14 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river, and will not fear when he comes. But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? I, the Lord, search the hearts and test the minds, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. As a partridge that brews but does not hatch, so is he who gives riches but not by right. It will leave him in the midst of his days, and at his end he will be a fool. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you will be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. And now verse 14, which is the favorite verse to get help, to get healed, to be relieved of sicknesses and disease. Cry out this one and put it in memory. It says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Amen. And the uh, New Living Testament says, O Lord, if you heal me, I will be truly healed. If you save me, I will be truly saved. My praises are for you alone. Amen. So we might as well praise him ahead of time and do as the King, New King James says, that it's a, it's a done deal. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For you are my praise indeed. Amen. So we ask him to save us, and he saved us. Now we're asking him to heal us, and we will be healed. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and move on to our next reading. will be the 4th of August. And that's is Gloria Copeland also. Is receive his mercy. Psalms 136.1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Amen. You, I want a God that's good. And if I look back, God has always been good to me. And now I need his mercy when I stumble. You know, God, give me your mercy. I give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. He's the producer of good. Producer of good. Good fruit, good vegetables, good sweet strawberries the lord is good 
for his mercy endure it forever. That's why he's good. His mercy and his goodness continue together as partners. Psalms 136, verse 1. Amen. Now for Gloria. God's mercy endure it forever. His willingness to act on man's behalf is still operating in today's world. In this earth. His mercy never runs out. Neither has it abated or weakened. Praise the Lord. His mercy endured forever. Mighty and powerful things happened when Israel said these words. They are words of praise and adoration to God. When Solomon finished building the house of the Lord, the trumpeters and singers lifted their voices as one. And with trumpets, cymbals, and instruments of music, they praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Jehoshaphat appointed singers unto the Lord to go before the army and say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. It has been thousands of years since the Lord said his mercy extended to a thousand generations, and his mercy continues to reach you day after day. He is still plenteous in mercy unto them that call upon him with your spirit there to stretch your faith, to take in the boundless mercy of God and say with your mouth, the Lord, he is good and his mercy endures forever. His mercy surrounds me even today. Amen. Let me read that last paragraph again. Again, listen up, folks. It has been thousands of years since the Lord said his mercy extended to a thousand generations and his mercy continues to reach you day after day. He is still plenteous in mercy unto them that call upon him. With your spirit there to stretch your faith, to take in the boundless mercies of God and say with your mouth, the Lord is good. The Lord, he is good and his mercy endureth forever. His mercy surrounds me even today. Amen. Repeat after me, please say. The Lord, He is good. And His mercy endureth forever. His mercy surrounds me even today. One more time. Say, The Lord, He is good. And His mercy endureth forever. His mercy surrounds me even today. Amen and amen. Now the reading is 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the temple of God. The ark brought to the temple. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. When all the elders of Israel arrived, the Levites picked up the ark. The priests and Levites brought up the ark along with the special tent 
and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could keep count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Azep, Heman, Jadutum, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbal, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. The trumpeters and singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good and his faithful love endures forever. Please say that with me. Say, he is good and his faithful love endures forever. One more time. He is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. Now the priests could not continue their service because of the cloud. For the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. Say that. Say, the glorious presence of the Lord filled this temple of God meaning us, okay? One more time. The glorious presence of the Lord filled this temple of God. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for <clears throat> participating with me. Appreciate you. Now, let's go ahead and move on to number five, August the 5th. Watch and pray by Gloria Copeland. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit of it is willing, but the flesh is weak. Matthew 26, 41. Have you ever been frustrated with the weakness of your flesh? Have you resolved never more to yield to a particular sin? Yet when the temptation came, you fell right back into it. Huh. It's happened to all of us. Even the disciplined Peter, he swore he would never deny Jesus, but he did it anyway, time and time and time again. There is, however, something we can do to keep from falling. Pray to temptation like that. We can watch and pray. <clears throat> That's what Jesus told Peter and the other disciples to do in the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew they were about to be tempted, and he knew that their weakness of their flesh would overcome them 
if they didn't strengthen their spirits through prayer. That's true for you and me too. That's why in Jude 2021, God tells us much the same thing that Jesus told the disciples that night. He says, but you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Guard and keep yourself in the love of God, the Amplified Bible. Again, God tells us the same thing today that Jesus told the disciples that night. The Lord says, but you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Guard and keep yourself in the love of God. Amen. God knows even better than we do that our flesh has been trained to flow the world's streams. He knows that even though our born-again spirits are reaching to God, our unstrained flesh will always have a tendency to fall into sin. So he, he's given us the ability to pray in other tongues, to strengthen our spirits and build ourselves up until our spirits take ascendancy over our flesh as we pray in the Spirit, Romans 8.26 tells us. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. For we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthily as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication. And we do not know what prayer to offer, nor how to offer it worthy, as we ought. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and pleads in our behalf. The Amplified Bible. Amen. The Holy Spirit comes to our aid and bears us up in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray or how to offer our prayers or how to offer it worthily as we ought to. But the Spirit himself goes to meet our supplication and please on our behalf. Amen and amen. It is a wonder the Apostle Paul said, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. 1 Corinthians 14, 18. It is one of the most powerful tools God has given us. So don't neglect to use it. Follow the instructions in Ephesians 6.18 and pray always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance. Don't make the mistake that Peter made. When temptation comes to you or the door, don't let it catch you sleeping. Be prepared. Make sure your spirit is strong enough to rise above it. And now for the reading of today, Matthew 26, verse 30 to 44. Here we go. 30. When they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. Not when, then they sang a hymn. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all of you will desert me, for the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, 
I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you would deny three times that you ever known me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples, yes, yes, sure, sure, you, you bet. Vol the same. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he came. He became anguish and distress. He told them, My soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Amen. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give into temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned him again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he came back to the disciples and said, Go ahead and sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.